everybody, Ian J. Malone here. We hope you enjoy tonight's all-dude mail edition of the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast, but before we get to that, I've got a little housekeeping I've got to do. Because frankly, that's what happens when you record shows in advance and then play them back after the fact. News breaks, and you don't get to touch upon that. In this case, I'm referring to the Detron City Vice book cover that dropped and the new release date for the book. Uh, as everybody knows by now, Detron City Vice is the first book I've written in the Makoverse in a good four years. It's been much talked about, much anticipated, and we finally got the cover for that. And on that... I cannot tell you how jacked I am. It is a gorgeous cover. So props to the folks over at Theogony Books, Chris Kennedy Publishing, for absolutely mind-blowingly awesome work on that piece. Uh, You can find it on my website. If you also want to go catch up with me on social media, Facebook and Twitter, uh, you'll find it there as well. So, So check it out and enjoy. Uh, The other bit of news that came out after we recorded this last episode was a new release date. Uh, Originally, I had told you guys that book would drop August the 28th. Well, a funny thing happened. We've actually had a nice influx of new readers to the original trilogy by way of a lot of the the work that we've been doing here on the podcast and the stuff that the publisher's been doing. So in order to get a few more readers in-house, let folks kind of digest what happened in the events in the original trilogy before dropping the newbie, we decided to give it a few more weeks. So, moral of the story... Detron City Vice drops September 18th. Again, that's September 18th for Detron City Vice. I can promise you guys, it's going to be well worth the wait. In the meantime, though, enjoy the heck out of that cover, because Lord knows I have, and do. Here's the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast, all Dude Mail edition, starting now. Now entering the nexus of geekery and guy world in three... Two, one, mark. Hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? This is the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. Presented by IJMBooks.com. Hey kids, welcome back to another exciting edition of the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. I am your host, Ian J. Malone, joined as always by my good friends Dave Daniels and Scott Esther. Going to get to those two guys here in just a second, but before we do the usual laundry list of stuff, if you want to know about, more about the show, you can find us online at dudesinhyperspace.com. Go there, send us messages, follow us on social media, buy some swag, become a sponsor, all kinds of stuff there from the website. Again, that's dudesinhyperspace.com. You can also find us on social media at the Hyper Dudes at Twitter. We are on Facebook now via the group medium. So just run a search for the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. Click the groups button and you will find us. Come on in. Talk about all kinds of stuff from geek stuff, news stuff, sports stuff. If we talk about it on this show, it's being bannered about in the new Facebook group. So go find it. Uh, and then finally, if you have questions for any of us for the show, uh, you can do that via email at dudesinhyperspace at gmail.com. As previously promised, before our hot take episode for the ACC schedule kind of jumped in the middle of things. Uh, coming up tonight, we have an all-dude mail edition of the show. So no news, no, uh, not even going to do a white flag segment, no two-minute drill, no none of that. We are just answering your questions, and we do have some good ones. So without further ado, I welcome my guys, Dave and Scott. How are we doing this evening, fellas? Ten by ten, sir. I'm ready to go. Yeah? I'm a happy, happy camper, happy camper. Let's do this. Scott, what's up, man? I just uh, finished off some uh, homemade chicken enchiladas, a couple of margaritas, so uh, life's good right now. Very nice, very nice. Well, as prefaced, we do have some good questions. Uh, we've had a lot of really good activity in the Facebook group. i got to tell you guys, I've really been happy 
uh, with the way that has rolled out. I, I think it's people really seem to like it. It's it's a lot more conducive to what we kind of do on this show and honestly what I would like to have out of the way we interact with fans. I mean, I'd like to believe that when we talk about stuff on this show, whether it's hot takes on sports like we did with the ACC schedule or whether it's just sharing grilling recipes and things we like to do with smoke and meat, uh, being able to put that out there in a medium where people can go back and reference that. So, you know, right now it's summertime. Everybody's grilling. Everybody's cooking outside. We've posted up a number of different articles from Food Network and Serious Eats and stuff like that to give people pointers on that. So if you're listening to this and you like a lot of the stuff we talk about, now you have a way to go in and kind of tangibly access that stuff at the click of a button or the touch of your screen or whatever. So, again, that's all via the new Facebook group, Dudes in Hyperspace uh, Dudes in Hyperspace Podcast. Click on the topics and you'll find it all there. But uh, anyway, speaking of fans, followers, all that good stuff, we got lots of questions from them, and we shall start those now. So here we go. You've got mail. All righty. First question on the night comes to us from Mark. Hey, guys, hope you're all staying safe and staying cool in these dog days of summer. If you were the owner of the now-named Washington football team, which of the new names would you favor? Washington Warriors, Washington Red Tails, Washington Red Wolves, or would you go for something else entirely? The floor is yours. Thanks for taking my dude mail. Scott, you want to field this one first? Yeah, I'll take a take a quick crack at it. I've seen um, a number of different uh, names pop up, and uh, interestingly enough, having been involved in uh, on the business side of sports for quite a while, I've actually been introduced to a number of different sports designers who have taken to Twitter and put together what they would call basically their style guide or uh, logo and color treatment for what uh, what's going on with the uh, the Washington football team. So there has been some really cool. Uh, designs some uh, some different thoughts on on what they could do there it's easy uh, i would say that it's easy for them for the washington team um i'm not going to use their name uh their former name but uh uh, to stick with the same color palette uh you know the maroons the the yellows all that kind of stuff just when when it comes to rebranding it's a multi-million dollar process to get done so i'm sure they're trying to figure out a way to, to get this done uh, not necessarily on the cheap, but uh, cost-effectively. So uh, I don't anticipate them making any changes there. Uh, but check out Twitter for uh, you know Washington football, uh, different designs, because there's a lot of cool stuff showing up on, on Twitter there. Uh, I've seen uh, the Red Hawks as well, uh, so we'll add that to the list. But um, the one that sort of intrigued me the most was the Red Tails, because uh, it does give a nod to uh, American history with the, uh, the Red Tail Air Force yep. uh, group. And uh, so I, I wouldn't mind seeing that uh, that show up. Dave, how about you, man? You uh, just replaced Dan Snyder, much to the delight of gazillions of, of Washington fans. You're now the owner. What are you naming the team? Uh, first of all, that's a job I neither asked for nor wanted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good Lord. Hey, man, at least all of your players aren't bailing on you like they are in New England right now. Good Lord. Talk about stress. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Just leave them called the Washington football team. It's not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, you just leave it the way it is. You can take whatever colors you want to. You slap some laces out on the sides. You can get Ray Finkel to show up and do some personal appearances, and you'll be good to go. Uh, but, it, it, you know, honestly, though, uh, I, I do like the Red Tails portion of it. Uh, it you've got a, an ability there to not only talk to um, – different parts of the country. So uh, a lot of people may not know this, but the, the Red Tails actually used to train 
at a place called Dale Memory Field that was here in Tallahassee, and it's actually the uh, very close to where uh, my office actually sits when I go to work. Uh, so it's you can you can go around and you can actually get other people involved, get them involved with the history, and actually maybe pick up some fans because the Red Tails did did spend some time all around the country uh, in different areas, and, and maybe pick up some some extra fans from there. Fair enough. I think Warriors is the natural fit. I think if you're looking for path of least resistance, Warriors lets you do that. Uh, there's any gazillion ways that you could mold a logo around the color palette and everything they have, the burgundy gold. Um, I'm with Scott. You definitely keep the color pattern. I think you keep the jerseys. You keep as much intact as you can. Uh, just to, to tip your cap to the old school fans who have been with you and, and are prepared to go with you along this new ride. Um, I'm a fan of meeting people in the middle, which was a popular phrase on our one of our last podcasts. And uh, I think the Warriors would certainly do that. Having said that, um, I do think the Red Hawks is interesting. I have not heard that before, but I do think there's plenty of potential to do something very cool there. Um, and, I mean, I think Red Wolves would be pretty cool. But, honestly, now hearing Scott say Red Hawks, uh, that's news to me. I would be interesting to see, uh, interested to see what some designs look for uh, on that front. So, all right, that uh, is the... But we, but we didn't even cover the fact that they could possibly be called the Washington Sentinels. Oh, God. And just buy out the old, uh, you know, movie props <laughs> from the rela- <laughs> the replacements. Well, yeah, there you go. Oh, that would be spectacular. <laughs> That'd be spectacular. Or, you know, you could call them the Washington Crooks, which would be very apropos for that area. Oh! All right, next or, question. Or Senators, same difference. <laughs> right, yeah. All right. Next question comes to us from Patrick. Uh, of all the things I've missed during the pandemic, I dare say going to concerts with friends would be atop my list. If you could go back in time and catch any concert you want from a band that's no longer touring, be it past or present day, who would that be? Dave, I'll give you first uh, first lead on that. Go for it. Who are you going to see, man? You go back in time, you go see somebody from six months ago, 60 years ago. Your call. What is it? Oh, Pink Floyd. Uh, go catch Pink Floyd at their height. Uh, catch them when they're when they're doing uh, Dark Side, when they're doing The Wall. Somewhere along the way, where you get to see the uh, the amazing laser show, you get to see everything they put together, and, and you know, obviously, you know, a band that, that Ian actually introduced me to. That's very what I would think would be very close. Obviously, I don't have a whole lot to compare it to other than videos. Is, is Brit Floyd, uh, but amazing, just the whole immersive experience that's involved with that. I would love to see that happen, Scott. Uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, with Tom Petty. I have not seen uh, those guys in concert, Ooh, good uh, call. and and would love to go back. Uh, he's been on a playlist of mine uh, recently that I've been playing while I've been cooking. Um, just, I, I really wish that I had gotten the opportunity to go see him um, when he was still with us. So, uh, so I'm going to go go with Tom Petty. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, mm, that's a nice one there. Uh, I was actually going to throw in with Pink Floyd. Dave stole my thunder on that one, but rightfully so. I'll uh, I'll give it to him. I would have loved to have seen Floyd back in the day, uh, right around that you know seventy nine eighty era when you're getting the Wall, you're getting Wish You Were Here, you're getting Dark Side of the Moon. Um, thankfully, you're not getting the final cut. Uh, that would have been a great time to see Pink Floyd, uh, but I'll I'll let him slide on that. Um, I'll go with Leonard Skinnerd. Like seeing the real Leonard Skinnerd, not the cheap imitation that's out there now, which essentially has Rossington left and that's it. Uh, you know, seeing the original lineup with Ed King, Ronnie Van Zant, Billy Powell, all those guys, Artemis Pyle, uh, that that would have been very cool. So I will go with Leonard Skinnerd. 
Good question, though. All right, next question comes to us from Megan. I think it's Megan. Yeah, Megan. Uh, Thanks for dropping the footage of Henry Cavill in the black Superman suit from Justice League Snyder Cut this last weekend. I'll admit it looked pretty snappy, uh, snazzy. However, the classic primary colors for soups are still my favorite look for my favorite comic book character. What say you, dudes? Did you like the new black suit from Superman? Dave, your soups guy. You actually read the uh, read. You were huge into this comic back in the early '90s. Like you followed this storyline to the hilt. So you were quite the aficionado on this. What did you think of uh, Zack Snyder's take on that suit when you finally got to see it on screen in in action in the clip? Visuals have never been an issue for him. Uh, yeah. I think the, the visual part of that looked great. Uh, I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see when they finally release that cut. I mean, I'm so bored when it comes to being at the house when it comes now. I may watch the actual original movie that came out again in the theater. Right. Uh, I, 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 I think I can probably hurt myself enough to, to make that happen. But uh, I thought the suit looked good. I, I think the, uh, the new uh, – the, the, I'm excited for the cut. I, I, I'm hoping they're not building this up too much to where we end up in a spot where, you know, we're poor we were with the original movie. But I, I, I really think it was a, a good take. Scott, what would you think? Soup's in the black suit. I, th- I think it's interesting. Um, you know, it, it sort of follows along what uh, what DC is trying to do with their, uh, you know, getting a little more gritty with uh, the stories that they're telling and uh, showing a little bit of the uh, the darker side of um, of good versus evil. Um, however, you know, suits aside, like to me, the dark suit is Batman, and uh, you got to put a little color in there for uh, for Superman. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm wholly in agreement. I think it's neat. Um, the only thing that kind of and I may have misread this wrong in the article. I read an interview with Snyder when he was asked how it was that he, you know, why he brought this to the story. Because in the comics, when Superman was resurrected or regenerated, he was not at all in full strength when he woke up in the Fortress of Solitude. He was still very weak, but there was work to be done. The black suit was essentially like a healing technology. It was a Think of it as like an amplifier for the sun's healing ability on his healing factor on his body. You know, to wear the black suit helps accelerate the healing process for his for his body. So that was why he wore the black suit and eventually went back to wearing the you know the suit that we all know, which is the primaries. Uh, hearing Zack Snyder talk, that was not the inspiration behind this. It is a suit that he chose to wear because it was time for a change. I don't like that. I do not like that at all. I think a black Superman suit is is great for a novelty item. I kind of treat it like the black uniforms in college football for Florida State or for Miami. <laughs> all right, that's great. The kids love it. All right, the kiddies today who have no attention span whatsoever uh, love the black unis. It's not Florida State. It's not Miami. Okay, Miami is orange and green. That's that. Florida State is garnet and gold. That's what we wear. Those are our colors. So if you want to have it out there, it's just kind of a novelty thing, great. But if the plan was all along to like make this the new look for Superman moving forward, now I have a problem with that, and I don't like that. The one thing I will say about the Snyder Cut is, have we all just completely forgotten how much most people hated Man of Steel and Batman v Superman? I mean, like I get it. Everybody wants to dump on the train wreck that was Justice League, but you know, good lord. I mean, what did you expect Joss Whedon to make out of that movie, given the circumstances that he was handed when he was given control of that film? I mean, to, to borrow a line from, the, from Bill Parcells, if you want me to cook the meal, you can at least let me shop for the groceries. And they gave a you know, half-baked film from Zack Snyder to Joss Whedon and said, here, clean it up and make it look more like the Avengers, so maybe we can sell it. <laughs> and you got the piece of crap that, that was. It was the Frankenstein's monster. So a lot of people are, are shoving, shoving crap at Joss Whedon for what that film was. And listen, it was. It was a pile. But I just I don't know that he could have, anybody could have made it any better given how 
much of a mess DC had made of their universe, you know, two, three films prior to that. I mean, let's face it, the only thing they had gotten right was Wonder Woman. Um, so anyway, Black Suit from Superman. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'm interested to see what it looks like. Uh, if the plan was to make that the deal moving forward, then nope. Nope, not a fan at all. All right, next question comes to so us. The, the, the question, though, becomes, if the black suit was there for the healing, what was up with the uh, the Nicolas Cage mullet? I have no idea. Well, he <laughs> Did he have the Nicolas Cage mullet in the footage? I don't I think no, it was not, still not short. In the, not in the footage, but in the comics. He came back with the long, flowing hair. <laughs> uh, where, where did that come from? How is this going to help? Uh, and whose cousin was he taking out that night? I'm going to show you the good guys still win. Or whatever the line was, some freaking con air. All, right. all, all I can think about when I see that that suit is, uh, you know, the the line from Spaceballs that yogurt delivers so well. It's all about the merchandising. <laughs> uh, okay, next question. Moving on. Next question was, comes from Natalie via the new Facebook group. Uh, let's build a dude triathlon. I love this question. Uh, what is your favorite combo of the following? Whiskey, things to grill slash smoke, and entertainment. And then she puts in parentheses, sports, movies, music, etc. So uh, I'm going to exercise my right as, uh, as, as lead chair here to sit on this and ponder for a second. So Dave, I'm going to throw it to you, man. Dude, triathlon. Give me what you're drinking. Give me what you're grilling or smoking. And give me what you're watching or listening to. All right, so I have gotten recently onto a Buffalo Trace kick. Uh, uh, Buffalo Trace is going to be what I'm drinking. Okay. Uh, now, maybe not with the meal. Uh, if, if I'm doing with the meal, then it's going to be a beer of some type, probably something local from here. But Buffalo Trace has been my, 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 my go-to here recently. Uh, smoke brisket. Uh, put something in the smoker, let it go for a little bit, let it, uh, let it marinate, do its thing. And, uh, of course, of course... There's got to be college football involved. Uh, my Hurricanes on the TV, beating down that Seminole butt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wishful thinking there. All right, Scott, what's your dude triathlon, man? Hit me. Picture yourself sitting outside. It is a fall afternoon slash evening, and there is both a Major League Baseball playoff game taking place, hopefully a World Series in which your team is, is, is involved, as well as college football on a second tv happening so we're talking mm. october here so you've got to, you've got both of those taking place you have uh put a pork shoulder on the smoker that will eventually turn into some carnitas tacos all oh, washed down with some bullet rye oh <laughs> man and i thought i was the storyteller in this bunch nicely done good sir if I had a hat, it would be doffed in your direction, sir. <laughs> that is it, man. That is uh, that man. is Nirvana for me. Now I wish I had gone first. I got to freaking follow that, <laughs> man. Um, so I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm actually gonna go with. Well, I'm gonna go with my childhood, man, or at least with college, and that is it is hotter than freaking Hades, sticky, humid, ninety five degrees, ninety three degrees with a thousand degrees humidity um you're sitting under a tent so you can stay cool you got the fan with the mister going on a little bit of extra all right you got uh little john anderson seminole wind going on in the back mixed up with some uh some van halen some u2 some skinnard maybe a little Waylon jennings and uh, a little pork shoulder fresh out of a smoker that uh, somebody brought to the tailgate because you can't very well 
you know, smoked there beside at the stadium uh, with a picnic table full of homemade fixings. So I'm talking potato salad. I'm talking coleslaw. Uh, I'm talking some baked beans. And then I'm talking a cooler full of ice cold beer that went on 24 hours ago. And the reason I say that is because you want to ideally put your beer in the cooler, fill it full of ice, let it sit overnight. And then first thing the next morning, you drain some of the slush out of the bottom, top it with more ice. And that is what gets you over the goal line to the coldest of cold, ice cold beer. Give me the cold beer, big barbecue sandwich, plate full of fixings, and that heat, that music gearing up for a college football game, head into the stadium when you're done. That's my ideal day. I feel like we should all just take a moment. (laughs) I I like it, Uh, but I am literally sweating hearing you talk about that. Yeah, I know. Just sitting, sitting out in that, uh, that Tallahassee heat. Yep. 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 It's, I mean, it's synonymous with college football for us who grew up in that area. That's true. You know, I mean, listen to, to people who uh, are from Minnesota or are from Michigan or Massachusetts, there's hockey weather, you know, or God forbid you're from Canada, there's hockey weather Mm -hmm. and it's synonymous with cold and, you know, hot beverages, hot food. You know, I mean, you think about a green Bay Packers game, with you know mittens and earmuffs and big you know big tubs of beer and hot bratwurst. Anyway, I could I could go on for days on that topic. So Natalie, well well done. All right, next question comes to us from Mia with Bay is also from the Facebook group. Uh, with baseball already having COVID nineteen issues, how long do you think it will be before sports get back to some semblance of normal? And she puts normal in quotation marks. Uh, I think that's going to be at least a year. I, I think it's going to depend on how quickly they can get into a vaccine. Um, they just had a big Facebook Live with the big wigs over at the National Institutes of Health this week talking about a new 30,000-person clinical trial that's getting ready to roll into phase three of testing. I mean, best-case scenario, I think maybe you could have a vaccine uh, by the end of the year, maybe January, but then you've got to take a couple of months to to mass produce it and get it out for people to have access to it. Um, so, you know, I mean, you, you go, if, if that best case scenario plays out, I think you could conceivably get into the late next spring. Um, people are getting vaccinated. People are starting to feel a little bit better uh, about where we're at with all of this. And, you know, listen, let's not Let's not overlook the elephant in the room. You're also going to be through a presidential election at that point, which means we can cease to make this so damn political and we can just worry about the science with the way that it's covered and the way that it's spun to the public. And that's a big factor. So, uh, you know, best case scenario, I think you're looking at a year before you're looking at, quote, normal semblance of normal. Guys, what do you all think? That seems about right. Uh, we got to get through it, figure out what's going on in the back end, and make sure it stays safe for everybody going through. So I, I think you're right on target with that. Scott? Yeah, no different here. I think um, I think it's optimistic to think that uh, middle of February, when pitchers and catchers traditionally report, will sure. uh, will be past this. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the, um, the NBA and hockey pushing their uh, fall seasons back. Um, they'll finish up what they've got going on in the bubble this year. They're going to push their other seasons back a little bit to give themselves a little bit of time uh, in the in, in off season. Uh, I think baseball is going to be able to uh, push back by a month or two. I don't think they'll start as late as they did this year, but um, you know, hopefully by fall of next year, fall sports, football, uh, basketball, hockey, all those types of things will be back on their regularly uh, schedule on their regular schedule. 
Well, one thing I can say, um, and I've read this in a couple of different places, uh, there's there's three or four play, uh, three or four parties, be it the federal government or Johnson and Johnson or whomever, who are all working on possible vaccines. They are all stockpiling the crap out of these things now, so that if they hit the magic bullet that is a vaccine for this thing, they already have it. A stockpile begun. You won't have to start from scratch to try and get something up and running. So that makes you know that's a good thing for us. That means they can get it out to the public faster, and we can all start taking them. If you do the vaccine thing, which I certainly will, uh, I will go get a flu shot this year. I'm, I normally kind of snicker at those because seems like every time I get the flu shot, I get the flu. But uh, but I will do it this year. So anyway, food for thought. Best case scenario, we're looking at a year. Um, I do think that sports is going to feel the effects of this for years to come though there, there's going to be a ripple effect to this that's uh it's going to take a while uh gonna gonna take a while next question comes from chip uh, of all the summer blockbusters that got bumped back to winter or beyond because of covid19 which are you most excited to see when they eventually hit theaters uh let's see here i think i let off with dave last time scott you want to lead off on this one i tell you what it's been uh it's been tough to to, to track these over time, um, you know, between the stuff that's been uh, released early or uh, released directly to streaming platforms, uh, specifically for Disney, I think they had a, a couple of things uh, show up on there. I think uh, for me, the one that I'm I'm kind of excited about is is Bill and Ted. I'm hoping that that doesn't uh, doesn't get delayed. I think that, right that's now, coming I can, I, September first, and they're going to release it video demand and in theaters if theaters are open. But that's already lined yeah. up to drop September one, if nothing else, video on demand. So you have to pay through the nose for it, but you will get to see it. Yeah, I think I think everything else is it is what it is. I you know I can I can probably wait. Um, there's not a whole lot of movies that uh, that I go run into the theater to go see. Uh, most of the time, I'm waiting for that to show up on streaming or uh, some sort of rental option. So. Uh, so uh, you know, there's not a whole lot that I'm like super bummed that isn't going to uh, land this summer. But um, you know, if, if if things like Bill and Ted, where I feel like I could use a good laugh uh, these days, I uh, hope that doesn't get pushed back and, and delayed in any way, shape, and form. Dave, how about you, man? You looking forward to any of these flicks? Bond. It's Daniel Craig's last run, supposedly. Uh, probably will be at Bond. I'm looking forward to that. Beyond that, I mean, there's not a whole lot of stuff on the big screen that really, you got to have something big to really get you going on the big screen portion of it. The rest of it, I can look at sitting here at the house, be a little more comfortable, do my thing, but Bond's one of those things you really got to get into on the big screen, and I, I really think that's going to be what it, what, uh, what I'm looking forward to getting into. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm definitely kind of amped to see No Time to Die. Um, for people who know anything about that project, allegedly it's definitely a, a great swan song for Daniel Craig as, as 007, so stoked about that one. Uh, I would probably say the two that I'm most looking forward to seeing when they eventually come out would be Top Gun Maverick. I just want to see the planes. You can make fun of me all you want, but I freaking want to see the planes. Just from what we saw in the trailers, the, the flight scenes just look like they're going to be out of this world and that was the hallmark of the original top gun that in a volleyball scene but um but the planes I, I just i did not get to see the original top gun on the big screen and i would like to see that those sequences play out on a big giant screen with a big tub of popcorn uh the other one i i am looking forward to seeing is uh, wonder woman 1984 as mentioned a second ago wonder woman was the one franchise that dc did get right they cast the right actress with the right director with the right script and you got a great film of wonder woman 
And by all rights, you know, they brought that same team back to bring you the sequel. It's going to be set in the 1980s, which is one of my favorite eras in history for pop culture. The, the first trailer looked great. The music looked great. I mean, it all looked very well put together. And I just believe in Patty Jenkins as a filmmaker. So 1984, Wonder Woman 1984, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to seeing that whenever it comes out. So, all right, uh, next question comes to us from, da, 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 this is from Garrett. Uh, rumor has it that NASCAR is considering a ban on all political sponsorship and demonstrations at the track, effectively taking all politics out of their sport. As sports, fan, your sports fans yourselves, would you guys be in favor of this type of ban, be it in auto racing or any other sport? And also, do you think that the massive influx of politics into sports will have a lasting effect on leagues like the NFL and the NBA and moving forward? Stay safe and thanks for fielding my dude mail. Um, me personally, yes, I'm very much in favor of that ban. Um, I, I say I am that guy who really does just want to turn on a race or a baseball game or a football game. And I want an escape. There is so much politics in the world right now. It, it permeates everything that we deal with in our daily sphere. It's so nice to have that one place you can go as a refuge. And I don't care if you're left or right leaning. It's just nice to be able to turn on a race or a football game or a baseball game and just enjoy it for what it is. So, yes, I'm perfectly fine with, with passing a ban that says no political demonstrations whatsoever. That way nobody as a league has to choose sides. Uh, you know, we kind of teased this a little bit when, when the Bubba Wallace thing happened, and I said, you know, that the reason NASCAR did not want to pass a physical ban on the Confederate flag is because at that point, if you pass a ban on one thing, now you have to take sides on pretty much every issue that comes up. And we said, if you don't believe that, watch what happens with the NBA. Well, that came out. You know, they have launched their list of social justice issues that, that are allowed to be put on players' jerseys. And if your slogan or your cause is not on that, you're not allowed at the you're not allowed at the stadium. You're not allowed at the arena. So if you want to wear a you know Blue Lives Matter or you know if you're pro life or something like that, uh, you are not allowed to put that on your jersey. And I prefer leagues that just don't get involved at all because then they just don't have to take sides. As a league, that's where I would want to be. So my answer to that is unequivocally yes. I would be all for that ban. All political speech, get it all out of here. I'm a huge fan of that. Uh, as far as whether or not uh, this is going to have a lasting impact on the leagues as is, I mean, listen, they've all, they've all made the decision that they feel is best for their owners and their players and their stakeholders and their constituents, and they're rolling with it. In the NBA's case, it's, uh, it's very vocal. It's very prominent. And, um, you know, it'll be what it'll be. It's their league. You know, like we talked about with, with NASCAR, they're allowed to pass whatever ban they want, pass whatever rules they want. They're a business. They're a private business, and it's theirs. So, um, you know, whether or not I think that'll have a lasting effect, uh, lasting effect I mean, I, I think to some degree it will. Um, I can tell you that I personally don't have any care whatsoever for the NBA. It's one reason why you don't hear me talk about it a whole lot on this show, because I just don't care. If I'm going to watch basketball, I'm going to watch college ball. I haven't cared about the NBA in quite some time. I'm that guard that went out with, with the Bulls in the Jordan years and just never came back. But, yes, all of the politics that's in the NBA right now, that, that is cause for me to just say, nah, I just, I just don't need that right now. Uh, the NFL is, is starting to hit that orbit. Um, I am not a fan of the fact that they will, you know, put some causes on helmets, helmet decals, but not uh, Jason Witten, who wanted to honor five slain police officers in Dallas back in 2016. He was declined. Um, I don't like sports to choose sides, which that's why I'm a favor of the ban. No political speech makes it simple for everybody. 
So anyway, that's my long, drawn-out diatribe. Apologies for taking over the show with that, guys. But uh, it was a question to all of us. So, Dave, I'll give you lead, man. Are you a fan of, uh, of just a band, the blanket band that says, no politics, we're just here to celebrate sports? Uh, no, because uh, your politics and everything that goes along with, the, with that is, is part of what interweaves into our fabric every day. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of having anything, whether, I'm a, whether I like it or not, shoved down my throat. But if people on the field want to go out and they want to express themselves, if they want to add something to their jersey, if they have permission, as long as it's equal and all the way across, uh, then there's no problem with that. That that is their cause. That's their platform. That's how they're deciding they want to go out there. They're, they have the opportunity to get out in front of a million plus people, put out there how they believe about things, and go through. And as long as that's equal, as long as there's no no issues, you know, going through that. Hey, if this person's on this side of it, this person's on this side of it, and they both want to wear a a logo, or if they want to wear a patch or whatever on their uniform on their helmet and go through, then then let them do it. Uh, that's that's their thing to do, uh, you know. Just just like kneeling at the at the beginning of a game, if that's what people decide they want to do during the national championship game, uh, I'm not a fan. But if that's how they decide they want to express themselves, and that's something they can do, and then they have to deal with their private employer with however it is that they want to handle it that at that time. Scott, ban on all politics and sports, left and right. What say you? I think uh, I I would agree with the uh, the ban on the politics, meaning uh, campaign money. If you're campaigning through sports, I think that's a that's a. a I'd, I'd rather not have to see, uh, you know, local senators and all that kind of stuff show up on uh, in my in my sports uh, advertising, uh, that type of thing. But uh, social justice movements, you know, whether it's you know one side or the other or however you feel about it, I think those are fine. But uh, and I would agree with Dave that uh, as long as you're given equal opportunity. To, uh, to everybody to put out, you know, the social justice issue that they want to get behind. Um, have at it, you know. I'm, I'm good with it. All righty. So, okay, moving along to next question comes to us from Ashley. Uh, can't even lie, guys. I was beyond stoked to hear that Cobra Kai is coming to Netflix. Uh, any knowledge, any information on when we, we bleh, I promise I could talk, when we can expect season three. Uh, no word on season three yet, although most articles, most news sources that I've read on this seem to think it's going to be sometime this fall. Uh, seasons one and two will drop on August 28th on Netflix. All you guys have been hearing me talk about this forever. Uh, you can go binge both seasons of that starting at the end of August, just in time for Labor Day weekend. Um, what I do know is that season three is already in the can. It was finished before COVID. So the reason that it was not released was not unlike a lot of shows because they weren't able to finish production. It's because uh, you know, YouTube decided that they didn't want to run it anymore. And so they had to find it a new home. So now that it's at Netflix, season three is produced. It's in the can. They can release it whenever they want. They'll milk season one and two for, you know, for a month or two and let people get into it on their platform. Then they'll drop season three. So uh, guys, you got anything you want to add to Cobra Kai? Uh, it, it is a good show. It took me a little while to get on board uh, with it. Ian kept uh, kept badgering me, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, to uh, to watch the show. Uh, thankfully, he was right, uh, or else I would have sent him something truly terrible to watch in return. <laughs> Scott, you had a chance to check out Cobra Kai since last we talked about this. No, I think uh, you know once all the seasons are up on on Netflix, I'll see if I can uh, burn through a bunch of them. But uh, uh, I'll probably just wait until. Uh, 
I've got a, a, a good amount that I can uh, burn through at one time. All right, fair enough. Next question comes to us from Rashad. Hey, guys, I saw last week where Hayden Christensen is rumored to be returning to Star Wars in the new Obi-Wan series on Disney+. Plus. Any word on how they plan to, uh, how they intend to use him in the story? And if you were writing the scripts, how would you handle it? Uh, Scott, why don't you take lead on this one, man? Hayden Christensen, this is still just a rumor, so take it with a grain of salt. But we do know that the Obi-Wan series is going to be set between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Obi-Wan on Tatooine, everything, all the events of Revenge of the Sith, that's all fresh. If Hayden Christensen were to come back, how how would you like to see him used? Uh, I'd like to see them uh, call up the writers for The Clone Wars and just yeah. say, hey, I need you to write <laughs> write this guy into the series um that that's about it i think they um the, the clone wars obviously did a, a pretty good job of showing what uh, what anakin could be and what he was uh during the clone wars and why he was uh feared and respected and and everything else so i would love to see them take a shot at uh writing for that and then if if hayden's the guy that, that plays him uh, that's great. If they go in a different direction, um, you know, I'd be fine with that too. Uh, as long as the writing is good, I, you know, the actors are, uh, could be swapped out in my opinion. Gotcha. Dave Hayden Christensen, remember to be coming back to star Wars. How would you like to see him used? Uh, in a lot of flashback scenes. Okay. I, I don't mean, there's no sense in putting a, and there's no sense in putting a mask on him and, and, and toting him out. You're, you're Scott's right. It doesn't matter what you do at that point. If you're going to put a helmet on him, Sure. Uh, you know, but uh, as long as Filoni uh, is involved with it, uh, we right. know it's going to be good because he's he's not done anything uh, to that point to, to have an issue. I I just uh, it's always good when these guys get the opportunity to to come back and do something. Maybe uh, the the guy that played uh, the smaller Anakin, uh, Jake, I can't remember his last name, but Jake, uh, can get the Jake Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. we'll get the opportunity. To maybe come back and maybe not play Anakin, but maybe play a different character in the Star Wars universe and. And not have some of these uber geeks that are their fans that decide to yell at people on Twitter because uh, mom hasn't quite made all the dinner yet uh, while they're in the basement uh, to, to, to take care of it. But, um, you know, I, I enjoy when these guys get the opportunity to come back and do this kind of stuff. Because, you know, he, he did get you know, deadpanned a good bit for what he had done and how his performance was. But you, you also have an Oscar-winning actress that's that's a part of that that had the same issue. So you, you can't say that it was the acting in that in that case. It's probably going to be the writing. Sure. No, I I completely agree. I Hayden Christensen was just mauled for his portrayal of Anakin Skywalker, and we've talked about this on the show before. I mean, so Fun much intended. of that. Yeah, I mean, so much of that had to do with <laughs> so, so much of that had to do with George Lucas and just the way he directs things or doesn't direct things to be more precise. So I I would like to see, I think Christensen has been, um, just from what I've seen in interviews and stuff, he's very humble about it. He is a good sport about it. He gave it some space uh, and some years to, to really let everything settle down and simmer down and let everybody get some perspective. And you know, I think now with, with what became of the sequel trilogy, there are a lot of people who look back on the prequels and go, you know what, man, maybe, maybe it wasn't the kid's fault. And so the, the idea of him coming back with, directors and writers who clearly know what they're doing and know how to use the, the tools that are in front of them, i.e. the actors with good stories and with good scripts. Yeah. I'd like to see what he can do. Uh, as far as the, the way I would use him, um, you know, I, I think it would be neat if you deployed some sort of like a dual timeline story. Uh, 
over the course of like eight episodes or whatever it's going to be. And half of it is in flashbacks to the Clone Wars where you could get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of that interaction between Obi-Wan and Anakin like you saw in the, in the animated series, The Clone Wars. You could see that in live action. And then the other, the other half of the story would be told in the present timeline, which would be Anakin coming to grips with the fact that he is now a Sith um, in those early years as Darth Vader, trying to figure out what he is. You know, you got a taste of that in the very final frame of Clone Wars, which was just, I went back and rewatched that last week. And I kid you not, the last four episodes of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, quite possibly the most powerful two hours in the history of Star Wars. I mean, just unbelievable right down to the final frame. You could get some of that in this. Uh, as far as examples of how I've seen that used, Lost was very big on using that. You had a, you know, a, a throwback flashback timeline and then the present timeline, and it was 50-50 throughout every episode of every season. Uh, Arrow also did that for quite a long time with you know, footage and, and the story that was happening with Oliver Queen on the island versus what was happening with him back in Star City. So uh, I think something like that would be pretty cool. All right, fellas, we are down to our final question on the night, which comes to us from J.D. Uh, Hey, fellas, in your year on the air, you've had a chance to interview some pretty interesting people, from college football analysts to science fiction and fantasy writers and even pro wrestling guys. Who among them has been your favorite? Actually, I had not really thought about it until J.D. brought that up in the question. We we have definitely interviewed some interesting folks uh, over the course of the year that we've been on the air. And, um, I mean, good grief, man. Mark Schlabach opening our college football season last year was a fun one. That comes to mind. Uh, I really enjoyed the Raj Geary interview. Uh, I think that was really a, just a fun trip down memory lane with a guy who could really do that with you, but also really is plugged in with what pro wrestling is today. That was right at the, you know, the beginning when we were starting to look AEW square in the eye and all wondering what that was going to be. And it just made for a great conversation. So uh, I go on for day about uh, for days about the the authors that we've interviewed, but but those are two that really jumped to the forefront of my mind. Dave, how about you, man? Out of all the people that we've interviewed and, and been involved with over the last year, you got any that, that jump out at you as being just really fun? I mean, it, they've all been a lot of fun in different ways going through. But uh, being that the Star Wars fan that I am, I think Nick Maley has been my favorite so far. Uh, just the perspective that he brings, not only when it comes to what he did for Star Wars, but just all of the, the films and just the history that he's been a part of when it comes to this kind of stuff has just been great. Uh, you know, it was, it was good to sit down with him and go through. I think we just put that up, the episode back up on the, uh, on the Facebook group a couple of days ago or last week when, uh, when it was Nick's birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he does some really great things. Yeah, you know, he kind of lives and breathes the work that he does. And if you ever follow him on Facebook and get a chance to go visit his, his museum that he's got set up, it's it really is a fun time. That, that, that's kind of been my favorite. Sidebar on that, uh, I have been, you know, we were friends with him on social media. Uh, COVID has hit his little business down there, not to mention natural disasters and everything else. Uh, his, his business has been hit pretty hard down there. So uh, I can tell you, I have not read his book um, what is it? The, the do or do not method or do or do not, um, rules of do or do not. I forget. We posted a link to it in the Facebook group. So you can go back and find it with the podcast episode where we talked with them, but I've heard it's, it's really an interesting read. So go buy a book, support a, you know, support a small business from a guy who really, really did live his dream and has some fantastic stories to tell. So Scott, we've interviewed a lot of folks, man. Any of them jump out at you just being, being a really fun chat. I would say that, uh, Almost everyone that we've that we've talked to, I've I've walked away more knowledgeable about the subject that we were discussing. You know, the, the amount of knowledge that uh, all of our guests have had 
when it comes to their areas of specialty has been uh, has been incredible, and I've I've learned a bunch. Uh, I'd, I'd say you know anyone uh, who talks college football the way that Mark does. Uh, to me, I was sort of over the moon sure. sitting there listening to, uh, to a guy like that uh, talking about college football, but um, but also uh, Chris Kennedy. Uh, the author space and independent author and publishing is something that I knew very little about other than what uh, that what we've discussed uh, over the years uh, about how you've uh, sort of grown your, your business over time, Ian. But, um, you know, to, to talk to a guy who has knowledge and expertise in that field, as well as just a, a baseball guy. I love talking baseball with anybody. So, uh, so I'd say that those are the, those are the interviews that stick out the most to me. Cool deal. Yeah. Chris is always a good chat. Uh, you know, I mean, from his days in Naval aviation, uh, to his days as a teacher and a principal to his days as a writer. Um, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a guy who's full of stories, uh, in his books and in real life. If you ever get a chance to sit around, uh, sit around a bar at a con with that guy and just have a beer, he can, he can regale you with some stories. So, uh, all right. Well, listen, thanks to everybody who has, uh, I'm looking for my clothes here. All right. Well, thanks to everybody. Let's say, are you doing this naked? You're looking for your clothes. <laughs> what the world? <laughs> clothes, not clothes. Ah. There's my clothes. Thanks to everybody who's uh, tagging along for us on this. By that, I mean Dave, Scott, a couple of chuckleheads that they are. Thanks to all of our listeners who pay attention to this little program we do once or twice a month. We hope you guys continue to get a kick out of this. Again, find us online via the new Facebook group. You can check us out with the Dudes and Hyperspace Podcast FB group. Come in, join a chat, find some topics that interest you. We also are online at dudesandhyperspace.com. You can email us, dudesandhyperspace at gmail. I mean, the ways to get in touch with us, they are a plenty. As always, you know, we appreciate the reviews online. Five stars are awesome. And, uh, whew, I'm pretty well just out of gas. So with that, we wish you guys a great night, and we'll see you back next time for another exciting rendition of what we call the Dudes in Hyperspace Podcast. See ya. Bye-bye. See ya.